Final edition, I am Paulie G and the band's back together, Ryan MS joining us. How are you, Ryan? Good, mate. How are you? Very good. And Peter Hanscom as well, back for yeah. Grand Final. How are yeah. you, mate? G'day, guys. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the final week. It's The season's flown by, but uh, yeah, it should be a good game on Sunday. Well, I guess, Pete, you were the only one who had a, a horse in the race, so to speak, in the final series since we last did a podcast. But um, how did you make of, of your team, the Dragons, uh, run and, and season as a whole? Um, well, season as a whole was a bit up and down. Of course, they showed a lot of a lot of promise and led the comp for so many weeks, but then um, sort of faltered when it really mattered. A couple of those games, like uh, the one against Parramatta and the one against Canterbury were absolute disasters. You, you're not going to win a comp, you get flogged by teams like those two towards... You know, you know that yellow opposition played quite well, I'll give them credit, but to lose those two games, but then to really, um, yeah, they got the win against Newcastle up there, but then to get that win up in Brisbane was an outstanding effort. It was completely, um, it took me by surprise, and their effort against South Sydney, I couldn't fault. Um, probably just ran out of legs a bit at the end, I think, with um, with no wit no, and no Vaughan and losing Sims halfway through the South game. I think that was crucial, but... Been, uh, That's just the way it goes sometimes. Been the story of the finals, I think, as each as each week's gone. We've seen different teams running out of legs. Um, definitely thought that was the case with the Sharks and the Rabbitohs last weekend. They just couldn't That's go with the fresh two teams. So we do have Melbourne v the Roosters as the grand finals, everyone's aware of. And it's only just been announced now, but probably by the time you're all listening to it, everyone will be fully aware of the fact that uh, Billy Slade has been cleared at the shoulder charge. Uh, so he's going to play. I guess that makes a uh, an interesting um, or puts a bit of a slant on it. And and if you are a moneyball player, you lose the chance of, of someone cheap, Ryan. But we've still got the cloud, the massive injury cloud, having hanging over Cooper Cronk. We're going to get to shortly. So there's some options there. Um, we'll get into all that a bit later on in the show. Um, we start with the uh, could you be health and injury care injury report, and it is that man, Cooper Cronk, torn rot- rotator cuff. We don't know the severity. Cronk is mum. Uh, mum's a word on that. And I'll tell you what, Ryan, it, you've got to get to the stage where, we're, like the NFL, we're full disclosure on injuries. I mean, when are we going to get to that stage? Because simply being able to get up on a press conference like Cooper Cronk did this week and say, I'm not going to tell you guys, I just, there's something very wrong with that picture, in my word. In my yeah, opinion. it's rubbish. It's, it's absolutely rubbish. Um, it should just be just, yeah, look, this is the injury. Um, I'll, and I'll be trying to be fit for it. The doctors say it's this amount of weeks, but I'll, you know, I'm going to try and play. It's as simple as that. You can't just say, I'm not going to tell you guys, so yeah, shove it, basically. Yeah. yeah it's got to change. And um, everyone's coming out of this week talking about the Billy Slater, but to mine, that you know, was probably a bit of a fait accompli, um, whether we like it or not. That, that result was going to occur, whereas this thing with Cooper Cronk, that's got to change, and it can change. It's an easy rule change. Um, of course, Pat saying, regardless of, of the grade, he's saying he's absolutely no chance of playing. He hasn't been named in the 17. He, he has been named as a reserve, but he's not going to play. Um, 
We've overheard Jake Friend talking about wanting to pick a specialist halfback in the position. It hasn't happened. Mitchell Orbison's been put in the number seven, but we expect Sean O'Sullivan, who's also on the reserves, to play there, much like what happened with Paul Morovsky uh, last weekend, uh, where he kind of came from the clouds, uh, in inverted commas, so to speak. Um, we expect that Sean O'Sullivan will be the halfback. Mitch Orbison can revert to his usual right-edge position, Isaac Liu, who's been named... In the second row, will play at lock. Victor Radley, who's been named at lock, will play on the interchange. Now, Dylan Napa has also been named, as expected. And so, Lindsay Collins goes to reserve as well. Paul Momorowski, who we just talked about, named on the bench. He'll go to the... He, he will end up probably missing out. Uh, Nat Butcher is the other reserve for Melbourne. They are one for 17. Obviously, a slate is cleared at the judiciary. Look, there is a chance Ryan Hoffman, who's been named as a reserve, gets... Uh, shot for a fairy tale finish off the bench might be a bit of added motivation for all 17 players if he gets that game, but it would be pretty harsh on Brandon Smith, who would be the one most likely to miss out. Um, I guess we'll have a look at the game um, from the point of view of the predicted best and James Tedesco leading that charge. But wow, uh, Ryan, very expensive on Moneyball 12,100. Um, are you going to? pluck with him because he is just that far above or are you looking at the likes of Slater now he's playing who's you know three or three and a half thousand or even more than that cheaper and some other outside backs or is it kind of like you got to go with Tedesco regardless of cost that I don't think we've seen in a money ball before someone that that high in cost yeah well look he's that high in cost for a reason um and I think that I'd probably Stick with him. Um, cleared, it certainly throws up a juicy option and allows you to, um, you know, put a bit more spread through, say, the forwards, um, you know, or maybe pick up that back that's a little bit more expensive. Um, the next highest cost is also the next highest in our predictor, Latrell Mitchell, Pete. Um, he, he missed that week, so he's had actually two weeks off, but he should be back kicking goals, or he will be. How badly was the rest of goal kicking without him? Oh, uh, right. Is that enough for you to plump with Mitchell in your lineup, or will it have to be at the expense of Tedesco, considering how expensive both of them are? Um, I would think about the sort of game that this game is going to be, and I, I don't think it's going to be a flashy open backline game. First of all, it's an evening game. Secondly, uh, the weather forecast I heard for Sunday is potential quite cold and potentially rain. Um, I don't think that the the players like Tedesco and Latrell Mitchell, as good as they are, and particularly against Melbourne, are going to give too many opportunities to show their wares. So I think you might be better off with um, it for centres, maybe picking players like a Will, uh, like on the other side, maybe Will Chambers is a bit cheaper, or even Curtis, someone like Curtis Scott, or uh, or Joseph Mona was Mitchell's as Mitchell's centre partner. Um, I think it's going to be very much a forward-dominated game, so that's where I'd be spending my money. Yeah, Chambers and Scott are in the 6,000s. But, of course, them two, those guys two having downgrades. Pretty much everyone is going to get downgrades in these games. There's a few, like Felice Cafusi, I think is a must-have. He's getting a rare uptick. And Joe Stibson. We know the Roosters have been a bit weak in the halves, and maybe, you know, Kevin Cronk's not the greatest defender, particularly at this stage in his career. He's unlikely to play, but I don't know how much they get off it unless Orbison or Madison or even they're talking Latrell Mitchell play in the halves. That might help the Roosters defensively. But, um, Ryan, I don't see that happening. I mean, do you 
do you see that happening, that somehow Orbison or Madison or Mitchell play in the halves? Um, the only one of those three that I could see happening would be the Madison playing six. Like, oh, you know, the position yeah, of six, which is basically just... Was out, didn't he? Yeah, they just use as an extra forward. Um, but that's, yeah, there's a big difference between Luke Keery and Cooper Cronk, um, you know, putting a team around. It's because when Cronk was doing it by himself, he was a team, basically a team's only kicker. I can't see that kind of pressure being applied to Keery being a good thing for Keery's game. Um, he likes to get a bit more freer um, so he can, um, you know, choose his options a bit. You know, have have a bit more of a, a bit more time to do that. Yeah, I think it worked on Saturday night, partly because Souths didn't weren't quite on their game, partly because it happened during the game. There wasn't that opportunity to prepare for it. I don't think Melbourne would let Keary get any room if he's their only kicker. Jake Friend is not an option at dummy half. I think his one attempt was out no. of the full um, on Saturday night. Um, I think to Pete's point about this game being a potential forward battle is uh, true in regards to what the predictor is tossing up there. And you're looking at guys like Jesse Bromwich, Dale Finucane, getting the smallest of small upgrades. Jake Friend certainly is there, although Cameron Smith is predicted to do higher than him. Um, So you've got to weigh that up. But Smith gets a downgrade, but he's still at at a decent cost. He's actually uh, 100 cheaper than Friend, so it's going to be hard to ignore Cameron Smith there, despite the fact Friend might make 60 tackles. Cameron Munster gets a massive downgrade, so you're definitely um, looking at saving money by staying away from Munster. Now, whether O'Sullivan is that option, he'll be as cheap as chips, three and a half. Might be worth plumping for if he ends up playing, and you can really utilise that cash for guys like Tedesco and maybe even Mitchell. I thought um, Zane Tedefano played really well last Saturday night, Pete, and Taukiaho. They're guys that you might save a bit of money on as well. And, of course, there's always the likes of Tim Glasby and Kenny Bromwich, who are very cheap. Exactly. Those four players are, are very all very solid players, and they get decent minutes. Um, it's not going to be too many errors out of them, so... Uh, no, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. And Takiyaho, despite his goal kicking last week, well, yeah, he was in very good form. Dylan Napa is another one who's extremely cheap, but I guess Ryan, there's a few risks there. He hasn't been very good in fantasy, the fantasy realm for quite a while. No, look, and yeah, to be honest, I'm quite surprised that they included him, um, like straight into the team. Uh, He's coming off yeah, the bench, like so I guess... And the Roosters are a little weak, 14 to 17. Yeah, I don't feel he adds a hell of a lot, to be honest. Like, with the exception of um, he has a few good games, but he's just a bit too loose and in a grand final where they're, you know, they're going to let a few things slide, but if they're, you know, looking for a penalty, you're behind by... You're either even, you're behind by two... He's looking for that penalty. He's going to be a prime candidate to, to draw it out of him in that in that area. Well, we should remember that because have a listen to this, Ryan. This is your prediction at the start of the year. You should remember what you've just said then for actual grand final day because that could come true like this. Have a listen. <laughs> uh, what have you got? Well, I've got um, Melbourne and the 
Roosters. And that was the pre-season podcast, the final one, or the one leading into round one, I should say. Episode five, you can go back on in, in the iTunes or on our app and find it. Um, Ryan, you've predicted the two grand finalists. Now, you're saying Melbourne's going to win back at the start of the year. Is there any reason to change that decision now we're finally here at the big dance? No, there's not. <laughs> there's not. Um, yeah, and look, I mean, Cooper Cronk may have changed my mind, but, um, yeah, he's not going to be there, and um, this is the reason he was bought for the Roosters, to, to win yeah. this to win this yeah. particular game. Um, and he's not going to be there, so I think Melbourne now will win this and do it pretty pretty easy. Now, he did have the dogs of the wooden spoons. He didn't quite get that right. He went far wrong. Pete, um, unlike Ryan, you got one right, although whether it remains to be seen whether it turns out to be exactly right. You predicted the Storm to make the GF, but the Cowboys to beat them, and the Warriors the wooden spoons. So uh, maybe you'll get the Storm runners up. Maybe not. I'm tipped the Roosters to make the grand final and the Eels to beat them. So maybe I, I'll get one. Maybe I'll just be wrong all, all along. Unfortunately, I didn't pick the Eels for the wooden spoon. I picked the Titans. I wasn't far wrong. I tell you what, I nearly picked South for the wooden spoon. So I nearly got... I was getting close there, but in the wrong order uh, for a little while until until I found out that South had to play the Roosters the game before. But anyway, Ryan, definitely you get the, the three cheers from Pete and myself well done this yeah, year well done. on the predictions. It's well right. all right. I've, I've uh, called some teams for the spoon that end up going close to winning in the past <laughs> couple of years. So This was definitely like a, a, year. a broken clock is right twice Kill. a day. So. Killing it in the yeah. dick pound cup, taking out that <laughs> and uh, getting the two grand final teams right. Um, Pete, how are you seeing it going? And um, not only final outcome of the match, but have you got any sort of first first try scores, anything like that? Um, yeah, I I always, you know, you can never... Okay, okay first of all, um, I've got to applaud Melbourne for getting into the grand final again. This team and has, has put in a phenomenal performance over the last few years. They are the club by which all other clubs in the competition are measured by, whether we like it or not. Um, some people don't like some of their... The tactics with the wrestling, so on, and you know, but what a fantastic effort this has been! And like Bellamy is just cementing himself as his position as one of the best uh, coaches in the game we've ever seen. And for that reason, he is a great coach. Uh, not that Trent Robinson isn't a very fine coach himself, but they have a bloke playing for them called Cameron Smith, who, dead said, he's one of the best players I've ever seen. He, if you are uh, in a close game and you want uh, your team to win it, obviously, you would pick this bloke on your team every time. Um, and I think he's just going to prove to be the difference. He moved himself out to five-eighths to kick the winning field goal against the Roosters earlier this year after Munster missed two attempts. Um, he just kicked one from 35 out. He just does it all the time. Um, regardless of whether Slater was going to play or whether Cronk uh, plays or not, I was still going to pick Melbourne to win uh, this game, um, and I'll pick him to win by about 8 or 10. As I said, I think it's going to be quite a, a forward-dominated game. And I think you're right, maybe someone like uh, Kafusi or Joe Stimson would be good for the first try scorer. Um, either of those second rows, I reckon, would be good first try scoring option. Yeah, I, I think the Storm 
of his favourites in this game and then with Slater playing and Cronk not playing, I think that makes that pretty clear. Interesting enough, it didn't pan out and that shoulder charge, or now not a shoulder charge, um, was probably, you know, we haven't glossed over the fact that they really attacked that left edge, left wing, with great success, Cronulla, as far as getting through the initial line, they couldn't actually score the try down there. I think the Roosters can. So I think Daniel Tupo or Latrell Mitchell, you won't get great odds for them, but I think you probably it's probably a banker that that's going to occur as first try scorer. Um, just the way that the ease in which they, they were split there... Um, Will Chambers has, over the years, been the best defensive centre in the game, but somehow maybe it was just a bit, um, you know, missing missing those three games. I, I'm not too sure, but it definitely didn't look so good on the right side. Maybe it's the fact that Brody Croft's playing out there and he's not the strongest defensively. Um, but I do think Melbourne, I think it's a pretty safe bet to say they will end up winning the game, even if the Roosters do score first. And it'll probably be an arm wrestle and... Probably a lot of wrestle, in fact, in the whole game, and it might not be the most entertaining from that point of view, although it will be close enough that it will be entertaining from that perspective. Um, Ryan, anything else to add to the game before we sort of look back at the season that was uh, super coach wise? Um, no, not really. Look, I think that, um, yeah, I just don't think the Roosters are able to utilize their strengths. Um, Without Kronk there, um, Mitchell's going to have to go looking for the ball. Um, and if he's to do anything with it, he's going to have to get it early. And that's that's really the that's really the issue. If they can get the ball out early to him, he can do something. Um, and that may be their way through. But, um, yeah, it's hard to go past Melbourne's um, professionalism. All right, let's have a quick look at the season that was. Damien Cook, a bit disappointing on Saturday night, but tell you what, he had a great season and he led the Supercoach uh, scoring. I don't think when we talked about the start of the year of Cook as being a great buy, I think a lot of people saw him as value for money. They didn't think that he was going to be the out-and-out top um, HOK. So that's quite remarkable, um, really, what the season that he had, of course, playing for New South Wales. He'll probably get an Australian jumper. And the fact that he beat out Cameron Smith, who was... Uh, 12th overall as opposed to Cook there and, and Smith only just above Cameron McGinnis actually really a changing of the guard in a lot of positions particularly the hooker position there we're looking to next year I think you know it's going to be hard Cook's going to be very expensive but you're pretty much going to look at him like we've looked at Cameron Smith over the years as a player that you know if you don't have him you're going to be giving up points to your opponents from round one and in overall points to other people looking to to, to do well in overall the Dubrovich brothers um, were second and third, amazingly enough. What what incredible talents they are, Pete. And um, I think, like Cook, it's going to be hard to ignore both of them um, straight away in round one next year. Yeah, but it doesn't matter who's going to be coaching over at Manly or how well they go, as they showed this year. It's um, They're both, as you say, excellent players, much deserved their New South Wales jerseys. And, yeah, they're, you've got to have them as near certainties for your... Um, if you're super coach teams, they're going to be expensive, but um, and particularly with uh, with Slater gone, you know, it's sort of um, you know Tommy and blokes like Tommy and Tedesco move up the move up a move up a rung if you like, and uh, and you know like someone like Jake plays yeah 80 minutes or close to most of the time, so you know and he's dynamite, so 
yeah, you've got to have you've got to try and get a pair of them somehow if you possibly can. It also, um, well, I should say as well with Manly, um, in fact, not them not being very strong and not having much depth helps. Jake regularly plays 80 minutes, or maybe if he was at a club with a stronger rotation, he would play 60 or 70. Um, yeah, these things actually help them. And amazingly enough, those guys and James Tedesco, fourth on the list, all played Origin. So we talked about it through the years, saying the new Origin set up the, the general buy, the rep round buy for Origin 2 game. It's really taking the issue out of, of having to plan around Origin, around the buy schedule. I don't think you really need to do it anymore. You just pick the players you think you're going to do well. You're going to cop a little bit of a hit um, in rounds 13 and 17, but that's it. And in the course of the season, especially if you're playing overall, you know they're, they're your best players are the ones that are playing in origin, more or less, or, or they can be. Yeah, there's no harm in it. Um, James Tedesco was next, as I said. Jason Tamalolo, well, we know what we're getting from him. Ryan, the big surprise probably going into the year is the best centre and winger and sixth overall, Blake Ferguson. What a year he had, starting only at 438,000, higher than Damien Cook, but not higher than many others. Yeah, that's a real um, surprise. Uh, look, Blake Ferguson's like a good player, but um, just seemed to score a, a fair few tries and set up quite a few as well. Um, like he was last pass on a few of those um, kind of things. He also had one of those... He also played a few games at fullback whilst um, Tedesco was out. And um, whilst he didn't excel in those, he had had good super coach games um, in, you know, in the point scoring wise. Uh, so, yeah, if you got on him early and held on him, you, you probably had a pretty good season because, yeah, they were hard to come. Uh, the um, Those guys were hard to come by that were consistent in that position. Yeah. He um, had a good a good uh, season for the tries, as you say, one of the top try scorers, um, really helping helping him along there. Um, another guy that was helped with tries was Valentine Holmes, scoring and setting up, and then he took over the goal kicking. He got in the top ten. Andrew Fafita, his teammate, and Martin Depau, um all, all clustered in just above Holmes. Then a bit of a gap, but Angus Crichton, very strong again, Pete. He's going to the Roosters next year, but you can't really see the grind train stopping. Um, he's he's super coach gold. He um, yeah, I agree that um, he, he might listen. He might take a little while to settle into the Roosters. If you remember early in the year, um, people were sort of wondering about the wisdom of Tedesco when they, I think they were three from six or something at um, early in the season. But um, yeah, he, I said he might take a little while to settle in, but uh, he, he's he's dynamite. He's going to be around for a long, long time, barring injury. Um, it will be interesting to see, uh, like, they've got a very good rotation there. The, the, the Roosters, good set, a, a good set of forwards. And the point you, you made about um, Jake Trevojevic, it'll be interesting to see how many minutes, um, I guess, that he gets over there with the, with Blake's whole quarter. has got one second-row spot there. You've got Isaac Liu. You've got old young Radleys at lock. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there um, with him. But no, I'm sure he'll be, he'll be dynamite. After that is Daly, Cherry, Evans and Ryan. For all the drama at Manly and surrounding DCE, quietly amassed a really good season. And the fact that even after Hodgkinson came, or Hodkinson came over to, to Manly, that he ended up keeping the goal kicking mostly, I think, helped him. He turned out to be your best, the best halfback um, in 
super coach and, and better than any um, 5'8 as well. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, and that was another position that was a little bit uh, up and down. You really had to pick the... Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, pick the, pick the guys early um, and get it right. Uh, there was, yeah, I had a few misfires in that, in that position. Most year. of us did. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Uh, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't an easy season at all. Um, after Smith, who we mentioned earlier, Cody Walker. So there's the, five, the first five eight. So some interesting ones there. Nissan Masters in there. We talked about Cameron McGuinness earlier. Um, Ryan James, Will Hopawati, Veal Kickow. What a great year for him. He started out at one ninety two, and he ended up yes eighteenth um, overall. And then you've got the likes of Josh Papali, Latrell Mitchell, Aiden Guerra. I said all year about Guerra being a bit of an unsung um, player there, Pete. And it turned out if you just had him the whole year, you would have been pretty happy with 21st overall. Absolutely. Well, once again, he's gone to a club like Newcastle, which, you know, good first, seven, uh, good first 13, but not a great deal of depth. Uh, Guerra is an ex-origin uh, player, and so yeah. he's able to... And second row is a big... Is a big minute position, so um, so that's also helped him as well. As you say, lack of depth there, and he's able to able to play close to the eighty. Um, he's got a, and he's got a very good work rate. So, but yeah, not, not one of the flashiest players around, but yeah, definitely um, yeah, pretty good value as it turns out. Yeah, because you had him, Sutton, Yo, from Penrith there, Cohen Hess, you know, Jai Arrow, who was a, missed a few games with injury. They're all up there. Josh Jackson up there as well. I mean that top thirty. Jermaine Asako, another one ninety two thousand that broke the top thirty. So good year for him. And then you look at guys like Thurston and Milford, much maligned, but still both uh, finishing up there with Ponga. In fact, JT ahead of Ponga, who had missed a couple of games at the end there through injury that cost him. Sean Lane was a bit of, of, a, of a favourite of a few. He had a good year. Tarek Sims and Matt Eisen, who are on that list along with Lachlan Fitzgibbon and Matt Lodge. Um, Ryan, I guess I'll start with you. If you've got anything from taking out of that that you're looking into next year, maybe a guy that you're just thinking is going to be a must-own or maybe a sleeper pick or something like that before. Obviously, we don't know the, the prices yet, but any early thoughts? Yeah, I'm um, sticking with Newcastle. Thinking Lachlan Fitzgibbon um, might be might turn into a bit of a gun for Supercoach. Uh, he was pretty good this, this season, but um, and he has a you know, habit of getting across the stripe. But I think in a a better Newcastle team, he's going to start shining a bit more. He just you know, needs and Pierce think... and Ponga on the field at the same time because yeah. they both put him through yeah. holes, you know. He'll just be running in gaps all day. Yeah. So um, I, I think that that, that is going to be, um, yeah, my, my pick uh, for the guy who's going to excel. Um, and I think for the... Maybe just the, you know, the long shot. Um, maybe the uh, the kid from the Roosters who's joining the Tigers. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, he um, will probably play centre, I'd imagine. Um, and there is a there is an opening there at the, the Tigers. And um, I mean, well, you just don't know the Tigers week to week, but um, hopefully, yeah, they can have two two gun centres. Yeah, he, could be a. He can be one of them. A double, pa- a double play. Ryan Madison going there as well. Uh, I think he'll have a good year. Pete, um, any any thoughts for for top players or young guns or both? Or? Yeah, 
I think um, similar to Lachlan Fitzgibbon, someone like Cameron Murray we've talked about a lot on the show, the young guy from Souths, um, sort of really come on this year. He's been playing big minutes and I think um, but maybe um, he's been playing a lot of lot more in the centre in the centre of the field but maybe with I'll be interested to see what happens with him next year whether he goes into Crichton's second row well Sam Burgess will go there I guarantee it you reckon yep Mm. so that's great news for Murray because he will play big minutes in the middle yes well see that's that's what I was wondering where he was going to go but um, regardless he's going to get um He's going to get uh, some big minutes there. So, and I, I just like this guy. I think he's, he's just a, a bit of a workaholic type, and I think he's he's going to be a good one for next year. Um, I think it's sort of remo- it's similar to Lachlan Fitzgibbon that he could sort of might fly under the radar a little bit. The other one I'm going to sort of kick it a little bit of a smoky is um, uh, the young Canterbury five-eight uh, Lachlan Lewis. We talked about five. Well, that's been a slightly problematic position with, um, as you mentioned, Cody Walker was a bit of a surprise this year, um, and uh, Gareth Whittle was, was another one who was very good apart from his injuries. But uh, this kid has got a, a, a dynamite, well, not surprising with his name, I have to say, but a, a dynamite kicking game. He's got a good pass on him, and I think that um, he'll be the one that will be really in control of the Bulldogs next year, and I don't think necessarily they're going to make the eight, but I, I don't, as we've shown, that it doesn't stop someone getting decent points in super coach and the fact that, that he can actually uh, dominate, um, have a lot of responsibility on his shoulders, I think he'll um, I think he'll get some decent points next year. I'll be interested to see how he goes. Well, the reality is, Pete, if you go all the way back to the game that probably cost Anthony Griffin his job in the trials, it was Lachlan Lewis leading the way um, with the likes of Reese Martin, Ramus Smith, and Ogahefi Ogden. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll read the <laughs> I'll read the uh, the recap I wrote on that game, that trial game. Lachlan Lewis moved into five eighth after about twenty to twenty five minutes and really changed the direction and attack. He could get a go in the top grade if Matt Frawley doesn't work out. <laughs> so he did more than just get a go. He destroyed it. And I think you're right. He's got the name. Yeah. Obviously, he's got the pedigree. Um, I'll just add, I talked up Reese Martin and Ogaevsky Odkin in that same yeah, well, recap. <laughs> Martin's in the same category. He's, he's been dynamite. Absolutely. Um, I like Cameron Munster. I think he's going to become the basically the number one player in the game. So I'm thinking you've got to get him in your lineup and you again that problematic halves spot. But I do like your guys under the radars players. I usually look at someone who's killed it in the final series. To continue their run, I know Cohen Hess broke out in the finals a few years back, and and you know that's kind of he's been one of the stars since then. Um, probably probably Joseph Manu at this stage has been the the most outstanding uh, player that maybe isn't a massive name as yet, even though he's playing for a team that's very very good. Um, so sort of looking at it from that perspective. Um, I think maybe Joseph Manu is someone to keep an eye on. Probably won't be that that cheap, but uh, just considering the way he's finishing 2018 very, very strongly. Guys, thanks so much for not just tonight, but the whole year. Thanks to Pat, of course, from Could You Be Health and Injury Care as well. Um, Fantastic year once again. Not sure exactly how we're going to do this next year. There's some great uh, opportunities in the pipeline. We may end up... uh, being a part of 
in which case uh, stay tuned to Twitter and Facebook. We'll tell you more through that. Uh, and the predictor in whatever incarnation that we can uh, get it to you. Uh, we all endeavour to, to still do that for season 2019. But uh, look, it will all be kind of um, enveloped with how this podcast is going to take shape and form for, for next year. So it's very, very exciting and hopefully we can give you some uh, news of that at some point in the off-season. But really all we can say is thanks so much for listening and thanks for, for making this show what it is to give us these opportunities that now are potentially are going to take place for 2019 and beyond. Ryan, thank you so, so much. Enjoy the off-season. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Yeah, no worries at all. I'll, um, I'll be watching the WNRL as well, so I'm into that. Yeah, it's been great. I've um, been, yeah, ever pretty heavily involved in, in all of that. Um, and you can't, you can't knock any part of it. The hits, the, the ball play. I love the fact that there's a lack of wrestle. Uh, yes, you know, you get a lot of free flow a game, but I'll just tell you what, you still game get, of footy. get some massive hits. Uh, Pete. Thank you again for all your help all, all year, uh, and both of you, not just podcasts, of course, but the recaps and, and everything else as well. And um, mate, we'll, we'll be talking to you again, obviously, in, in 2019. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, and uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a very interesting season. I think uh, you know the NRL cops a lot of criticism, but I think they've done a, a very good year this year um, on the whole. And yeah, I think it's. Um, I think whether we like it or not, Melbourne and the Roosters have been probably two best teams all year, so it's appropriate they're in the grand final. Uh, of course, hard to say. <laughs> of course, I'm Paulie G. Thanks again to everybody, um, and we'll be talking to you again in 2019, and if not before, and and looking forward to announcing that news uh, hopefully soon. And uh, but in the meantime, enjoy the grand final, enjoy the off season. And uh, get out there and do whatever other things you like to do that aren't necessarily rugby league related. And we'll be um, in touch base with you again very, very soon. Bye for now.